Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of This Show is All About You, a show about all the ways in which you and me become we and what that means for all of us. As always, I am your host, J.D.K. Winnikin. You can find out more about me at my website, wordsbyjdk.com, and on my social media feeds at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for J.D.K. Winnikin. That's W-Y-N-E-K-E-N. And you'll find me. I'd love to hear from you, interact with you. Uh, take your questions, get some ideas for further shows. I would love to chat with you. So uh, look me up. Welcome to episode 13 for April 5th, 2021. And uh, we are fully into spring at this point. And hopefully where you are right now, it's like where I am and it's beautiful and sunny. And uh, if not, sunny days are on the horizon. So today we are kicking off a new month and a new month on this show means a new topic. And February, we talked about love. Last month, we talked about resilience. So I wanted to do something that was, uh, I guess, lighter um, than those two can be. And so we're going with creativity this month. Uh, So today, we're going to talk a little bit about what that is and what it isn't. And I'll be bringing in people throughout the month who will talk about it from their perspectives, and we'll play around with that idea a little bit. So to kick off our conversation about creativity, today's episode is titled Einstein's other theory. Einstein, of course, very well known for the theory of relativity, but he also had a lot to say about creativity. As a matter of fact, he talked about that a lot more often than he talked about a lot of things. So Einstein's other theory, we're going to be talking about creativity. And today's haiku to uh, frame everything as we move forward goes like this. We have what we need to create, share, and connect in each breath we take. Boom. like that one. Uh, I wrote it, so hopefully I like it, right? <laughs> but my producer's rolling her eyes at me. Uh, we have what we need to create, share, and connect in each breath we take. And so let me talk a little bit about what that is. Now, in case you're one of those people who doesn't consider themselves to be a so-called creative type, or and or you're one of the people who kind of rolls their eyes at somebody who is a quote-unquote creative type, um, I've got, I've got good news and bad, or bad news, depending on how you feel about it. We are all, on some level, creative types. Uh, that is an inescapable, inevitable part of who we are as people. And really, though, it's the degree to which we tap into it, the degree to which we engage with it, and the degree to which uh, we let it influence us in return that kind of differentiates us uh, from other people. But an authority on this, I, I was looking around for who could I talk you know, so many people have creativity. Who could I go to? And, and I thought about Einstein mainly because he's not considered to be, at least at first blush, somebody who would, somebody would call creative. They would, they'd call him an egghead. They'd call him a science guy, a math guy. And certainly he was all of those things. But a couple of his most famous quotes are this, and this is his theory of creativity. He didn't call it that. I called it that. He was quoted once as saying this, creativity is contagious, So pass it on. (laughs) And I love that because it suggests very strongly, of course, that we all have it and that we all have the seeds of it within us. And really, when we encounter creativity in some area, it kicks off creative impulses, creative ideas, creative yearnings for us. He also said, Einstein, quote, imagination is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited. Imagination, however, encircles the world. 
And it's interesting because what I'd put in front of you is this to kind of frame this. This is sort of how I view it. Others may disagree with it. But the way I view this is that creativity is the application of imagination. The creativity is the process, the, the actual actions that we take to really engage in the ideas that we get or where our imagination takes us and in anything. And it can come from anywhere. Einstein worked as a patent clerk or a patent examiner from 1902 to 1909, seven years of his life. He examined applications that people put in for patents for inventions that they were trying to make money off of. And so he saw quite a bit of ingenuity, saw quite a bit of people's creativity in inventions. And he called it the era in which the ideas that he had in his imagination blossomed the most in his life. And for a man of as immense accomplishments as him to say that about this period of his life as a patent clerk, as a paper pusher, somebody who looked over applications and stamped them either yes or no, for that to be the most creative period, the most influential period on his life, says something about creativity. And it also strongly suggests that creativity, of course, isn't just about the, the modes in which we normally frame it. Music, the arts, writing, filmmaking, those things. It also applies in science, and it applies in mathematics. It certainly applies in politics. It applies in just about anything we can think of. It applies in parenting. <laughs> Stick around for Greg Kuyper's show, and he's going to be talking about creativity and parenting and those types of things. It's simply creativity in that sense is a, can be seen as a way to solve problems or a way to tackle an idea in a different way or a way to express something in a different way, either from how other people have done it or in ways that are unique to you. So again, if you consider yourself to not be the creative type or you look down on those who are, well, no authority uh, lesser than Einstein says that's a bunch of hooey. <laughs> we, uh, I, that's not a quote, by the way. But uh, nevertheless, we all have that. And there's, there's, really, there's good news and bad news in that. And the good news is that if, you all, if we all have that in some way, shape, or form, it just leaves it to us to discover it. That also could be the bad news, is that we have to work to discover it. And that sometimes can involve trial and error. And I certainly can only speak authoritatively from my own life and my own experience. But I have experiences uh, with both. Uh, when I was a kid, I was teenager in particular. I was really good at getting these great ideas of all these things I wanted to do and then taking the first steps to see if I could do them and never following through. Uh, I... I decided I wanted to play water polo. I lived in Southern California, and you could do that. I made it through one practice, and that was it. It was too hard, and I didn't like that. I started taking guitar lessons, and I didn't stick with that either. That was harder than I thought and more challenging than I thought. I picked it up a little bit later in life, but early on, it was tougher for me. And I really wanted to be talented in lots of things that other people were talented at or to have creativity, but I, I struggled with finding my avenue for it. And eventually, uh, I found it in writing. Okay, but before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about maybe if there are there characteristics of creativity that are involved in that. So if you're somebody who's looking for a creative outlet or you're maybe burned out on the one you're on or you're wondering if it's something worth pursuing, here are some things to ask yourself. Here are some of the characteristics that psychologists, scientists, mathematicians, artists 
all generally seem to agree are part of creativity. Uh, the first is curiosity. Curiosity about just about anything. It could be about a problem at hand. It could be about something in the world. It could be an idea, right, maybe for an invention or an idea for a book uh, or to learn how to do a certain craft, that type of thing. Curiosity in would this be something I would like to do and why? What would it add for me? And those can have lots of, uh, lots of things to connect to it. Flexibility, the willingness to try something and be flexible as you learn that perhaps it's a little different than you thought or tougher than you thought or easier than you thought or not as fun as you thought <laughs> or more take, might take more money than you thought. Those types of things, that flexibility to try something and adjust, right? not, to put, not to put everything you have in it and then when it doesn't go the way you want to just chuck it. Uh, a willingness to play around with ideas, see if they work and move on if they don't. Uh, creative people, quote unquote, when people are engaged in creativity, that's I should say, is they're really interested in achieving the maximum expression of what they're doing. And how they all define that is going to be different from each person to each person. So those are those general things. What I would say, though, is that the, perhaps the key in it is the last piece, and that is commitment and risk. The commitment to taking those healthy risks to move into some sort of creative enterprise or to stick with it. Uh, and in the end, when we do that, we end up creating something that has value. Now, I'm going to give you the example of, of me as a writer before we come back to some larger questions. Uh, about, for any longtime listeners of this show know that I was in academia for a long time. I taught history, and I have a PhD in it, and I found a lot of creativity there in how I taught it right, in my classrooms, um, usually pulling you know, relevant stories from various subjects as introductions into bigger discussions of historical events as a way to help students and other listeners kind of engage and relate to the material. So there's definitely creativity involved in teaching, and every teacher out there listening right now is nodding their heads, right? They're, everyone has a different way to approach the same subjects. And so I did that for a long time, and then a handful of years ago I decided to really go into what I wanted to do all along, and that was write uh, historical-based fiction and to, to world-build. I write alternate history, so... I write uh, stories where a certain historical event happens differently or goes differently than the way we understand it. And then that changes the narrative on the other side. And I build stories that are involved in that. And I decided to do that. It was probably about four or five years ago that I decided to finally start that book. It took me about three years to write. And uh, as far as a creative process goes, I'd never done it before. I'd never sat down and written anything at length in fiction. I had done it with nonfiction and that type of thing, but never in fiction. And I discovered that it was equal parts time-consuming, more than anything I'd ever really done, but it was also, in a way, the easiest thing I had ever done. And those, those coexisted side by side with them. And I never had a process, like I never knew what my process was, so I had to invent it on the fly. The story I wrote, it's 250,000 words after its third edit. It's a long book, or what I call an immersive experience. And, uh, and when I wrote it, I had a general, I knew where I was going to start. I knew generally where it was going to end, what I wanted to have happen along the way, and generally where I wanted to have it happen in various, it happens in various cities all over Europe. 
And but that was about it. And as I wrote, I would kind of grab bullet points from my head or different ideas that I got as I went along from my background research, sometimes just a lightning bolt out of the blue, an idea, and I would write it down, but I never outlined a thing. I never tried to limit myself chapter by chapter by the amount of words that I uh, wanted to reach. I just wanted to write it all out. And I figured after a while, I would just get all my thoughts out onto paper, no matter how long it was, and then I would trim it down. I figured that would be a lot easier than writing it short and then having to expand it. At least that's what I told myself. And by doing that, I ended up surprising myself every step of the way to the point that every single chapter of the 27 big chapters that exist in this book, every single one of them surprised me. Something happened in there, some dialogue, some turn of the story, some development that I did not expect when the chapter started. And that felt like the most natural, comfortable way for me to do this. It kept me plugged into my excitement about what I was doing to the adventure of it, to the creative piece. And what was interesting was that there was very little that I ever really threw out. I certainly reworded things, moved some things around, but I very rarely wrote something that I took out a big block of and then just tossed it out and never used it again. There was something about that process that helped me tap into my intuition about where was the right place to go in the story at every turn, and I learned to trust it, which means I didn't second-guess myself very much. And I haven't second-guessed myself very much in, in the fact that I think this is a good story, I've enjoyed writing it, and I think it has value. And I think there are plenty of people, um, if they had a chance to read it, who would also enjoy it. I'm also really flexible that when an agent and or a publisher picks it up and they want me to make edits, I'm flexible on that. I want to tell a good story, ideally, that can get published, that people would enjoy, and ideally that, that would sell enough copies to let me keep writing more. <laughs> And I'm open to that. I'm not so anchored to my vision for what it needs to look like that I'm not willing to, to take, uh, take some guidance on that. And, and here's the thing. That is exactly how I do it. And I'm open to changing it as time goes by. I know for a fact that is not the way a lot of other writers do this. Some are similar. Others are not. I've had a really interesting experience over the last month uh, over the last month, I've really gone after getting my writing out more on social media uh, and getting word about this show out on social media, and particularly on Twitter. And I've discovered on Twitter in the last month a robust, fun, creative, extraordinarily varied uh, writing community on Twitter all around the world. I've added about 1,000 followers to my, my Twitter feed in about the past month thanks to a lot of their help and a lot of that support and people reading each other's stuff. And I have never been more exposed to more varieties of writing, both by traditionally published authors and independent authors uh, who have self-published, than I have on anything else in my life. And the creativity, the humor, the questions, the vulnerability that these writers are showing one another, asking questions, taking guidance, sharing things about their lives, and sharing something that we all have in common has been really powerful for me. Soli uh, writing is a very solitary activity. In the end, it's my fingertips and the keyboard. No matter how many people I talk to, no matter how much advice I get, it's me and the keyboard. And so to have a community, um, even one that's on social media, almost exclusively in that sense, be supportive and have people to talk to who can relate, even if they're writing about very different things and have very different ways of doing things and doing their writing, is incredibly powerful. 
every single one works. And what I've noticed is, is people's creative processes, their individual ones, if it works for them, they find success. Now, they might all define success differently, right? Some people are wanting success to mean a traditional published novel that allows them to be a published author and that's all they need to do. There are others who do not care about that, who are self-publishing books because they love to do that. And it's a part of their larger existence. So that, that differentiation of success is one thing. But the one thing that is key through all of it is the process of creativity, their willingness to engage in that and to put themselves out there and to take those risks and to have people read their stuff and critique it, to get rejections by agents and by publishers, which does not feel good. <laughs> there's, there's no way to say it otherwise. It doesn't feel good. I've experienced that myself. And yet, that's what they're all doing. And so that creative force that's out there has been super inspiring for me uh, in a lot of ways. And so, but that's really what it is. That creative force is their willingness to take the stories that they've had in their head and to put them onto paper and to put them out there in the world. And the one thing that I would say is creativity applied, the first and foremost person that it should affect and that it should change is the person doing it. And in the end, it has value for that. It's really easy, in, particularly in writing, to focus on creativity to reach the, the goal of getting published. And that's understandable as that's the definition of success. I have to remind myself quite a bit that the creative process has enlightened me, has, has changed me. I've grown because of it. I've learned a ton about myself and other people because of it. And I wrote a book. People ask me, why did you write this book? Did you have some big thing you wanted to say? Did you have some big lesson you wanted to convey? And my answer <laughs> for a long time now has been, well, I had a story to tell. And so I wrote it. And really then it can live and be what it is. For some people, that might be a profound story. For other people, it might be incredibly boring. And so that's sort of where I'm coming from on creativity. Uh, when we come back from a short break, uh, we'll pick up with that uh, right where I left off and talk a little bit about where we're going coming up this month as we talk more about creativity. So uh, stick around. We'll be right back on This Show Is All About You. Feelings of disconnect are the cause of an ever-surging mental health crisis. Many of us feel apathetic about ourselves, our work, home, and relationships. We don't know how to re-engage. I'm Greg Kuiper of Kuiper Counseling. At the Root focuses on emotional connection and how awareness is at the root of building healthy relationships with self and others. Join me weekly to re-engage with both. At the Root airs Mondays at 3.30 p.m. here on KKNW. Subscribe to the podcast or go to Kuiper Counseling. Counseling.com. This is Rob Bates, and I want you to tune in to Don't Ask Me to Talk with Stacey Heller. The show that brings joy from pain, sunshine where it rains. Don't Ask Me to Talk with Stacey Heller. And that's coming from me, Mr. It Takes Two, Rob Bates. Tune in. Do what Rob Bates says. Take a listen to Don't Ask Me to Talk with Stacey Heller. That's me, Tuesdays from 3 to 4 on KKNW. To find out more information, check out my website, StaceyConnects.com, or text DA. MTT to 55678. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. 
Welcome back, everyone, to This Show is All About You. I'm your host, J.D.K. Winnikin, and we are kicking off a month-long look at creativity, an examination of creativity. And before the break, I was talking a little bit about creativity being the action piece on top of our imagination, uh, the crafting of taking an idea on whatever it might be and turning it into reality. It could be a problem. It could be, a, it could be an art form. It could be a story. It could be a painting. It could be just about anything. And so to finish up today, I want to uh, talk a little bit more about you in all of this and ask you some questions on some things that you can think about as we move forward here. Uh, if you think about it, we step back in the most general senses, creativity is engaged in our lives all the time. Some of it is around basic choices that we make. If you're like me, sometimes you can get really bored with what you eat for dinner. I tend to kind of fall into ruts. Every once in a while, I get creative with what I'm going to cook for dinner or for breakfast. Sometimes it works. Sometimes, spectacularly, it doesn't. And so I learned a lesson from that. But if you think about it, uh, we have it everywhere. The jokes that we hear and that we write are creative. The TV shows and the movies that we watch, we're drawn to them to see how their creativity plays out, how well they tell a story, how well it surprises us. And we tend to comment in the end when we like it on how creative it is. Even everyday things are creative. How we respond in things like board meetings is creative. As I said, jokes are creative. Eulogies that we write for people when they pass away are creative. Packing up a house to move somewhere is creative. The process of moving your whole family is creative. Calming a screaming toddler can be creative. Uh, Teaching anything, as I mentioned before, is creative. Taking a vacation involves that. It's not just about the things that we do for creative expression, but that creativity is always there in how we solve things. And in our workplaces, I think if you really sit back and ask yourself, where does your creativity get engaged in the workplace? Probably all of us can find some answers somewhere. And if we can't find any answer somewhere, maybe it's time to start looking. It might be the solution to perhaps improving one's work environment or finding a new pathway, or recognizing that it's time to do something new in a new way. And so in that sense, the idea of doing something differently than maybe the way we've done it before, the way other people do it, drives creativity. And sometimes it's really challenging. Other times it can come, it can just sneak up. The cues for creativity can come from everything from discomfort and dissatisfaction with something in our lives, to that outright curiosity can come from boredom. It can come from being excited. Sometimes it comes from lightning bolts of inspiration. Other times it comes from just simple observations. For me and my writing, my inspiration kind of came from remembering, looking back, going, what were the things that, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, what were the things that I started doing once that I never followed through on? And are, are there any of them that I could go back to or now could engage in? And I did with writing, and it worked. And everybody's different. Everybody has these things. So I'm asking you, what are your creative outlets? And if you don't have them, what would you like them to be? Perhaps, you know, sitting back on a beautiful day like today and reflecting, you know, this is an era of rebirth, right? It's spring. New things are growing. What are some things you'd like to do differently? Or what are some things that you enjoy to do that you really want to invest in more? We all know what they are for various people. My mom... (laughs) who I saw yesterday, my mom loves knitting and scrapbooking. 
asked, my dad loves model railroading and he loves writing knock em dead sermons. Right? He was a pastor. So not really knock em dead, but want, actually things that make people feel more alive. That's a terrible use of words by me. Sorry, dad. Uh, I have friends who have varied interests across the board. Uh, I have friends whose creativity extends to music lessons. I have one who's uh, taking both accordion and voice lessons currently. I have another who's just learning how to paint. My nephew is learning to fly. And he's going he's gonna to take that creativity into his career. And so all of these things that give meaning to our lives because they push us beyond our comfort zones. That's the great, one of the great gifts of creativity. It shows us what we're capable of or what we can come up with, what we can create, that the status quo does not necessarily need to determine how we live, that we actually have answers and creative solutions, unique solutions, unique to us that we can apply and things do not have to be determined for us. If you're like me, it's easy to feel that way in life sometimes where things just seem predetermined, stuck in a job, stuck in a situation, stuck in a relationship, stuck without a relationship. It's really easy to feel that way. And yet creative outlets, I think, besides being just enjoyable in and of themselves, show us that things don't have to stay the same. And in fact, they can get better when we challenge ourselves and push ourselves in certain directions that maybe once we lacked the wherewithal, lacked the courage, uh, lacked the understanding of where to go, whatever it might be that prevented us from going in that direction. And what I can tell you is by engaging more in my creativity the past few years, while it's challenged me a lot more than other times in my life, it's taken me closer and closer to where I want to go in life truly. And it has actually made me better and more self-aware and I feel more stronger internally because of it. It's a gift in and of itself. So with all that, for next week, what I'd like you to think about, next week I'm going to be bringing in a friend of mine who's an expert on intuition. And we're going to talk about the starting point, intuition, as a, as a starting point for creativity. So be thinking about that creative outlet maybe that you do pursue or that you'd like to pursue or that you're wondering about pursuing. Think about it and bring it into next week's uh, show as you listen. And be prepared to hear a little bit about it and uh, assess it for yourself where you want to go. So until then, uh, I am your host, J.D.K. Winnikin. Check me out at wordsbyjdk.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And until next week, folks, looking forward to seeing you. Chins up, everyone.